when I was on Death's Door, when I was needy, I made a promise. I signed a receipt. I needed brown water to give me half a chance. And who provided that water? Kentucky. Welcome to Boozy Bracketology, everybody. My name is Chris, and I am your host, and we are here for the final episode in the best Broadway bracket. And this is going to be a barn burner. Uh, believe it or not, the original group is back together. And I've got some opinions to share, but I don't get to. Let's start by meeting the panelists first. Across the table from me, my lovely wife, Leah. Leah, how are you doing and what are you drinking? Hey, I am doing awesome. Um, I am drinking alcohol tonight. Yay, I figure I'm going to raise a glass to freedom and I'm going to raise a glass to the four of us because tomorrow there's not going to be us anymore because this is the last uh, finale of this bracket. So that's going to be a total bummer, but uh, I'm excited to crown a winner. Uh, tonight I am drinking uh, Jim Beam Red Stag. Uh, mixed in with a little bit of Diet Coke. Ooh. Is that whiskey? Is that yeah, it's a yeah, black whiskey. cherry whiskey. Yeah, that's what I'm drinking. It's really good when I mix it with a, just a splash of Diet Coke. All right. Well, let's head on over to Fort Worth, Texas. Steven, my friend, same two to you. How you doing? What you drinking? I'm doing much better. I did miss the last round of Boozy uh, because I had an acute case of influenza, and the doctor tells me that I need to uh, get my liquids back up. So I'm just going to go ahead and get my usual Diet Coke going here, and you can take over for a moment. I will take over for a moment, and if you're saying, my God, Steven sounds different, Steven sounds better, uh, we can actually thank our Patreon listeners. Uh, thanks to the folks that have gone to p- uh, patreon.com slash p-t-e-b-b. We have been able to start affording to upgrade some of our equipment. We have given Steven a brand new microphone, uh, and this is going to be his first recording using it. So, Steven... Uh, Thank you for being our guinea pig with the mic. How's it going so far? Well, so far, so good. Uh, we'll have to wait until this post, and then we'll see exactly how many women I do have to beat off with the stick now that you can actually hear my voice. Because, you know, just it's going to happen. I'm sharpening Naturally. the stick right now. Yeah. Naturally. Women love guys who love Broadway. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a saying. That right? is a fact. That is a fact. All right. Well, my turn. Ladies, if you want dinner and a show on the Great White Way, this is the voice you need. So, Stephen, earlier this bracket, back in episode four, you broke my heart. You tore it out of my chest and you stomped on it. And I have made it abundantly abundantly clear what my feelings are. Now, I can't exactly tear your heart out or beat on it, but I can at least ruin something that you love, at least for me. And it's the closest I'm going to get to retribution. So I have got myself a can here of Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Spark. (laughs) Mountain Dew, as as our Pub Chevy Experience fans are well aware, was originally intended to be a whiskey mixer. I happen to have myself a glass of whiskey. It is not good whiskey. It is, in fact, very bad whiskey. Uh, and I'm not going to crap on this distillery. I've, I've said enough bad things about them. This particular glass is not for me. This is I.W. Harper, their regular series. Not a fan of it. Uh, their 12 years is amazing, though. So I have mixed them together. And, Stephen, I hope this tastes badly. Damn it, that's refreshing. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> it's probably nice and, nice and refreshing. It is, it is refreshing. Drink. It is a nice summer drink. Let's head on out. I'm doing the do right now. Let's head out to Huntsville, Alabama. Nikki, how you doing? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, except like t- today, I don't know. You guys know, like I have a weird fear of birds, right? 
Yes, yes you are. Tippy I don't. I don't like birds. And these birds built a bird's nest like on my front door. And so there's these little baby birds. I'm trying to like water my plants and I got birds like squawking at me because their nest is nearby. And then they're like pooping all over my deck. So I'm like, it was just, it was just a bad day doing that stuff. I didn't like it. Ugh. That doesn't sound fun at all. It's like they thought I lived in like Stanley Kubrick's house because there was just so (laughs) many birds everywhere. I'm telling you. That is your husband's joke, ma'am. That is your husband's joke. And that is a different podcast. Yeah, I can I can bring it. Um, <laughs> He'll be proud of you for that one. <laughs> well, no, but yeah. And then uh, I did decide to drink as well. Right. Might as well toast to Broadway. I am not. I'm not going. I guess I'm very going very classy tonight. I have a glass of Sauvignon Blanc. Ooh. I'm pretty sure this bottle of wine has been in my fridge for like a month because I don't usually drink Sauvignon Blanc. But you know, if it's in the fridge, it's got to be. If it's in the fridge, I needed to drink it, so it it's going down. I've got a bottle of champagne that's been in my fridge for five years. I don't think it's good anymore, but, you know, it's still there. (laughs) But we are here for the Elite Eight to the championship game. We are starting off in the pre-1970s portion of the bracket. To crown a winner for the pre-1970s portion, we've whittled it down to the following two. The one seed, Fiddler on the Roof. The two seed, West Side Story. Both had actually made pretty quick work of the teams they were up against the only little bit of a hit that we took was i guess west side story against sound of music but we are here for the elite eight and leah you're picking first fiddler or west side story oh my gosh this pick is so easy for me it's clearly west side story um i'm trying to think like what west side story has against it and i think we've talked about it um you know several times is obviously it's not an original story uh it's pretty much uh, a Romeo and Juliet set in modern times and modern times as being like what 1950s 40s 30s I don't know sometime uh, before I was born um, and it very much is a story for that time period uh, which we'll talk about with a couple of the other shows on this bracket as well um, but it's such a cool snapshot into what it was like living as an immigrant in New York City uh, during this really specific time period. And it's coupled with um, a, an okay love story. I would say that the love story probably is a, a strike against it too. But like really cool choreography, really catchy numbers. Um, yes, a lot of the uh, actions of the characters are definitely um, canceled uh, if it were set in today's uh modern times but it really is just a really good story about the uh, like a snapshot into new york at this time in these characters lives and it's really 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 cool and i think that surpasses like the actual like love story storyline in the show um it's got a lot of other things going for it fiddler has a lot of those same things going for it i just don't find it as interesting as west side story is west side story keeps me keeps me captivated for the majority of the show fiddler definitely like tapers off in the second act so uh yeah i'm definitely going for west side story i think it's the superior show west side story has a vote steven yeah so uh this might be a common theme that you'll hear tonight but uh i'm 90% sure that my bout with the flu was caused somehow by the other members of this podcast because some shit went down in the second round or the round before that would not have flown 
had I had but an apple cart to stand upon and the breath of my lungs from which to shout. One of those is that there's no way Music Man would have gone down without a good fight against Fiddler on the goddamn roof. Music Man is a much better one. But here we are. We're talking about Fiddler on the Roof against West Side Story. And even if Music Man had moved on, it would have been hard to vote against West Side Story. West Side Story is a classic for a reason. And the reason is it's a version of Romeo and Juliet that actually makes goddamn sense. Because, uh, like Leah said, it's the time setting. It's set not just at the point in the Romeo and Juliet's lives when they're becoming active adults for the first time. But by moving it to the setting when Sondheim did, it's the time in America and the time in the world where teenagers were becoming active for the first time. And that makes the whole independence, rebellious part of it, make them seem less like whiny bitches and more like kids that are aware enough that they're being repressed and that they need to move on. And it's just, it's a really clever music, even simple things like classically the um, jets wear cool colors and the sharks wear red colors and how they stage Maria. They put her in a white dress, but wrap a red belt around her to begin with. Eventually she takes the red belt off and then she gradually wears cooler and cooler colors as she gets more into Tony. Just little simple things like that. That's, you know, they do every single time they stage that play. It's, it's a masterpiece. It's beautiful. The music is fun. It's touching. It, it stays with you way longer than Fiddler on the Roof does. Let's be honest. When you're thinking Fiddler on the Roof, you think about the all day long song. You know the words all day long, I beady beady bum, and then you kind of move on. You don't really know the words to Sunrise Sunset the way you know, like, when you're Red Jet, you're Red Jet all the way. From your first cigarette to your last dying day, it's just a catchier, faster paced. It, it, it's, it's a much better musical. West Side Story all the way. West Side Story's got a 2 nothing lead. Nikki, is it a sweep? No, I'm not going to sweep it. I, I want I want to give Fiddler its due. Um, you know, and, I, and again, I, I like West Side Story. I, I've kind of been, it's not, it's never been my favorite, to be honest. But I mean, I've always enjoyed it. Um, but it's one of those two. I don't know when I saw it on stage, it just, I thought maybe the movie was better. I don't know. But, um, you know, when I saw the actual live stage version, I wasn't as impressed and then Fiddler on the Roof, I have seen live on stage and was very impressed with the stage version of it. Um, I, you know, I just like that it's a story. It's a group of people like that. Don't, I've never seen a story done um, before, um, you know, s- set in Russia and all that stuff. So I just really liked the whole concept of Fiddler. I mean, I just feel like it's it's just a good Broadway tradition, you know. I mean, there's Fiddler on the Roof, so tradition all the way. <laughs> Well, Fiddler picks up a vote, but it doesn't matter as West Side Story has secured its spot in the Final Four, and it's time to see what secures its spot from the 70s and 80s portion of the bracket. The last two musicals standing right there, the one seed Les Miserables versus Shocking, the two seed of Phantom of the Opera. Steven, you are kicking us off. So fortunately, this one, I actually think, did get decided completely right in the last round. So I've had a chance not only... To uh, uh, to prepare myself for this because I saw this one coming, um, and this one is actually kind of easy for me. I I love Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera is great '80s cheese musical. Um, you're not going to get much better than that. Yeah, uh, the soundtrack, particularly when they lean into like the synthesizers, uh, that's the best way to go with it. But Les Mis, 
Les Mis demonstrates why musicals work. There are about a gajillion adaptations of Les Mis into a movie or into a play or anything, and none of them work because that book is just a thick brick of dense, crappy French prose that takes forever to get started. (laughs) But in a musical, it's acceptable in the genre for you to just kind of sing your backstory to let us know what's going on. And we don't care about that because we're entertained by how it's being done. It really, really shines through in Les Mis because there's so much going on there and there's so many characters. And really, the musical is the only form that could tell that story unless you've got six months to read a book. And Les Mis is just, again, it's it's, it's better. I would much rather, if I had a ticket to go see either one the same night, go see Les Mis. Les Mis has a first vote. Nikki, it's over to you. Yeah, this is really the battle of the two. I mean, I think they're both like some of the longest running shows on Broadway. Phantom, I think, is the winner because Les Mis closed for like half a minute and then opened back up. Um, But yeah, I think it comes down to like the overall story a little bit. I mean, I think the Phantom is this really cool epic. I just love um, I just love how grandiose it is with like the chandelier and the opera music it's just a really big spectacle and i really enjoy that um but the overall storyline is just a little bit subpar to les mis i mean les mis there's just more like stephen said there's just so many characters there's so many people to care about um really too most of the songs are really good um i mean it's they're both kind of the sung through but i feel like les mis just it's smoother like phantom kind of gets lost in some of the some of the um parts in the middle so i really do think that les mis is the overall better musical um but i think these two both rightly deserve to be here i mean i think when you think broadway you think phantom of the opera and you think les mis so and if i'm not mistaken that's another vote for les mis Mis. i voted for les mis i'm sorry i'm just making sure making sure les mis two nothing leah do we have a sweep most definitely. This was not even close for me. Phantom, I'm lukewarm about. Les Mis, I'm very passionate about. It's emotional. It is breathtaking. Every time I've seen it on stage, or I even watch the movie version with Hugh Jackman, I am left with um, a stronger beating heart afterwards because of the story and the characters and the songs and the emotion. There's just a lot of passion in Les Mis. So um, I'm definitely different kind of passion than what's in uh, Phantom of the Opera, which is like stalker's passion. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to vote for Les Mis. It's not 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 um, even close. Well, the final four from the left portion of the bracket are done. Les Mis has crashed, cashed its ticket in. It's time to move over to the right side of the bracket and see what's going to move forward here. The 1990 to 2005 portion of the bracket has been one full of debate, and we have got it down to two. You could actually call them both controversial picks. Ironically, it is going to be the four seed versus the two seed, and you wouldn't think there could be controversy there, but there was. The four seed of Rent, the two seed of the producers, and we're starting it off with Nikki. Hmm. I actually think I I voted against Rent in the last one. I voted for Wicked. Um, but now I'm thinking well, Rent yeah, versus the producer. Yeah, I voted for Wicked. I you didn't did. vote for Rent. Mike Mike surprised everyone with his vote. Um, not not that, but I love Rent. I mean, I said it a million times. I love Rent. Um, and I also love the producers. So I'm trying to think this one out a little bit. 
Um, Rent, my issue a little bit is when I think about, I love the music. I absolutely love it. I could listen to the soundtrack over and over more than I could listen to the soundtrack of the producers. Now, the soundtrack of the producers, while it's fun, it's just better to see on stage. I mean, um, because there's, you know, a lot more script and comedy than just listening to it on a CD, where Rent, you can get most of the show just on the soundtrack. The problem is that the soundtrack is so good that I can only really think of like the original cast members. Like I'm kind of disappointed when I don't see the original cast members on stage because I just, I kind of have this, these voices in my head and it's not the original people. I just don't know if rent has held up as much because it was kind of this big trendy thing in the nineties. I don't know. I guess it wasn't that. What, when did it open? It opened in 99. Is that it? I don't even know. 96. 96. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the producers. Do, do, do. The producers is showy. I mean, it's one like all the Tonys. Um, it is. It's very fun. I think I would like to listen to the music and rent more, but I would like to see the producers, the show more. So I'm going to give this one to the producers because I think, you know, the experience of sitting down in the theater, I feel like rent it, this it's a very minimal set. I mean, it's not a big production. The music is fantastic and you know, it has that, you know, pop rock feel, but I think producers is more fun to see on stage. So I'm going to vote for the producers. The producers has its first vote. Leah, you're up next. So I'd like to think of myself as like internally a bohemian. I would like to live the bohemian lifestyle. I like to think the way bohemians do. I like to stick it to the man. I like to be a free spirit. Um, internally. Externally, I'm very straight-edged. But like, I feel like that that's why I really, really gravitate towards Rent. Because these characters are flawed. These characters characters struggle these characters are lost and that's how i feel a lot of the times but they have their friendships eh, some of them are better friends to each other than others but they have their love they have their passions and that's what motivates them to keep them going i am a uh, um like someone who self-reflects a lot and i feel like that that's what these characters do they sit around and they think about their lives they think about philosophy they think about how the world should be and that like drives a lot of uh, a lot of the things that they do and things like their views of the world and society around them and so i do that a lot too so there is nothing that i can relate to in the producers but there is a lot that i relate to in rent um as flawed as it is it's got the emotion i get choked up every single time collins gets up on that stage at angel's funeral um i just a adore the fun songs that they 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 mix in with these really serious issues like some of my favorite songs from rent are the fast-paced fun songs and not so much the emotional ones but i do love the emotional ones too because that's the heart of the show um so there's a lot more that i get out of rent every single time i see it and if you gave me the choice a hundred times to choose between these two musicals i'm gonna choose rent to see all 100 times. I will never choose to go see the producers again. Um, but that's me. That's why we do this brackets because everyone's different. So I know the producers is going to move on. It's fine. I'm okay with it. But 
Personally, I don't feel any connection at all to the producers as a show. I feel a lot of connection to Rent, so that's why I'm moving it on. I think it's the better uh, show to bring people in. Well, next time I go to New York, I will need a different date for Sardis. Someone will have to go with me. I don't know what Sardis <laughs> is, but yes, if that has anything to do with the producers, you will. We could have lunch at Sardis every day. Steven, it's one-to-one, and it's over to you, and you're not on purpose, but it worked out. I really want to hear your opinion here. Okay, first of all, how the fuck are we talking about Rent at this point when not Wicked? I, I Seriously, what in the butt-munching hell dimension did I fall through? Like, like, you know, Doctor Strange hasn't seen the shit I've seen when I got this updated bracket. <laughs> uh, okay, so Christ in a Cracker, I have to, I have to talk about Rent somehow, even in, uh, what are we at, the Elite Eight and we're talking about Rent? Okay, Rent. Here's the problem with Rent. The characters are shit. I've pointed out before that, like, none of them are good artists, even though we're supposed to, like, say they don't need to pay Rent because... They're artists, and that somehow makes them special, even though they're not. But here's the bigger problem with the Rent characters. None of them grow or change or are really affected by that story. They still have the same opinions, wants, needs, desires that they do in the very first act. Um, You know, there's one less of them, and that's sad. Roger finally finished a song, but it's a shit song, and it doesn't really change his outlook (laughs) on the world. Like, he's not super different, really. Right. He's not made any change commitment that shows us that he's going to live for today. That's what his problem's been for the whole show, that I need to live for today. I need to stop worrying about tomorrow because I only have time. I'm on a rented time. That's the whole point of the show. When does Rogers show he's changed? He hasn't because they're bohemians at the start and the show wants bohemians to be the correct answer. So there's no need for them to change in the show. They don't change and it ends up being boring. That's why it's a series of scenes with characters that has some good songs, but it doesn't have a good story at all. And it doesn't have any progress with their characters. I I don't know why we're not talking about Wicked, because Wicked is the correct answer here. If we're going up against these two, I would have picked Wicked the whole way. But here we are. So obviously not voting for Rent. Um, I'm flabbergasted. Uh, the producers is fine. It's good. It's a lot of fun to watch. You should absolutely go see the producers. The produced characters have, they grow. They grow. That They're different. Max Bialystok realizes that his friendship with Leo is more important than just making money and bilking old ladies. He grows far more than Roger does. The producers, the whole way. The producers picks up a vote. Oh, Lord. That's how you would have voted, too. Don't even, like, think it was, like, a hard choice. All right. I was actually shocked. I, I didn't think Mike would vote for... Yeah, Mike threw a, really threw a, a really big uh, wrench into this one. Because <laughs> he's told me he didn't like Rent. So I, was, I was surprised. But I love Rent. I, I have no problem with Rent. But, you know. Well, the producers is moving on to the final four. We have to go to our last portion of the bracket for the Elite Eight. And this is the 2006 to modern, 2006 to today portion. And, like, this kind of felt inevitable. It felt like, even with my protest, it felt like these were the two shows it was going to come down to. The overall one seed from this portion of the bracket, of course, is Hamilton. The two seed, the classic Book of Mormon. We are kicking it off with Leah. 
Okay, so I listen to the Hamilton soundtrack for like every day, at least part of the soundtrack, whether I was listening to it or I was just singing it in my head. Every day for probably the first two years. And so we actually got to go to Chicago and see it um, off-Broadway there. And the one thing that I got from the stage... I, I got a lot of things by seeing it on stage versus just listening to the soundtrack. Was just how fast-paced and speedy and rushed the whole show feels when you're watching it on stage. Um... I, you know, obviously was already familiar with the entire soundtrack when I when I saw the show, so I was able to keep up. But some of the people who were with us had no concept of that ahead of time, and they were lost. This is not a, supposed to be a dig at Hamilton. This is supposed to be, like, a, a good thing, is that that show, for however long it runs, like two hours, two and a half hours, it is so speedy, so quick, which is supposed to mimic how Hamilton lived his life, and he was always writing like he was running out of time. That's how the show feels. It is so rushed and so like, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to sing the entire time. And oh, if you blink, you're going to miss this. You literally do not want to get up from your seat to go to the bathroom at any time because you will miss so much stuff like you are literally captivated the entire time there is no time where you're looking at your watch or you're staring off into space you're like oh you know maybe i'll get some popcorn or whatever or whatever they sell at the theater these days um you're literally glued to the stage watching every single second of it and every time you see it you notice other details that just makes you more and more in awe of how this became an actual show and it pulls it off in like such a magnificent way. I am voting for Hamilton all the way here, obviously. Um, I just think it has so much more value than the Book of Mormon does. Hamilton's got a first vote. Steven? It's a damn good thing that you did not send me the bracket update until after I was discharged from the hospital. Because if Rent did not send me into cardiac shock, the fact that I do not have Hades Town to vote for would have damn killed me. I would have gone to fucking Hades Town. <laughs> <sighs> this this is now a sad song. This is a tragedy, and I've got to vote anyway. Um, so here we are: Book of Mormon versus Hamilton. Book of Mormon. I'm going to just put the, I'm going to hot take this. It can be a little bit more clever than Hamilton sometimes. And that's probably because it's going for the jokes and it's going for really smart, laid out, pre-thought jokes. Other times it does go for the dick jokes. So not as smart Hamilton at those points. Um, but I think when we're listening to baptize me, we need to appreciate just how clever that song is because they never go all the way and say, Hey, it's a sex joke. They just let it play earnestly or Salt Lake city. That's, that's another great song where they just let that song be as earnest as possible. And that's what makes it so damn funny. Hamilton. It is a force unto itself. You know, there's a reason it took the world by storm. In all good conscience, I cannot, I probably, honestly, would have voted Hades Town over it, but in good conscience, I can't vote. I have to vote for Hamilton this round. Hamilton is just the more complete one. I don't have 
any songs that I always skip ahead when I listen to Hamilton. I think I've already said, turn it off. I just don't like that song. Um, and there are some things there are because it's a comedy. Some jokes just fall flat, particularly after repeats. Comedy wears out quicker than drama. And Hamilton, Hamilton just holds up better. So Hamilton gets my vote. Nikki, do we have a sweep? I'm going to I'm going to vote for Hamilton. Um, I love Book of Mormon. I think it's hilarious. And Stephen said some great points about it. It's 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 incredibly smart. Um, and the songs are really catchy and it's fun. Um, I, I just think it's one of those that you enjoy going to see. Um, it, you know, I guess just overall, it doesn't have the depth that Hamilton has. Um so I think Hamilton is the clear winner in this matchup. I mean, they're very different shows. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much else more to say, but, but I mean, Book of Mormon is, I mean, I, I mean, I, I am sorry about Hadestown. I, you know, I want to see Hadestown live. I think if I had seen Hadestown live, I mean, I watched the recordings, but it's just hard because I've seen, I'm not good at just watching the recordings. I need to see it live on stage, but um, yeah, I, I do. I like them both. But I'm going with Hamilton. Hamilton's got the sweep, and we've got our final four set. West Side Story versus Les Mis. The producers versus Hamilton. This could go really a couple of different ways. Let's get right into it. Nikki, no rest for the wicked. Uh, sorry, Stephen, you're <laughs> kicking us off here. Stephen, no rest for the wicked. That still worked. Uh, West Side Story, the one seed from the pre the two seed from the pre 1970s version. Versus Les Mis, the one seed from the 70s and 80s. The choice is yours. It actually doesn't work because Wicked was put to rest when I didn't have a chance to vote for it. So thank you once again for rubbing that salt in my wound. Uh, okay. Les so Mis, there is rest West- for the Wicked. Yeah. Les Mis, West Side Story. Uh, two juggernauts, completely everyone beloved by all theater nerds. We get it. Uh, one of them is... I think it's interesting. I just realized because it's kind of, they're both what I would consider the best representative of the era that they came out. They were the juggernauts. Like, you know, Les Mis is the eighties cheese. If you want a big old, if you want to bite into a hunk of cheese, like, like George Costanza doing his bachelor days, that's the one you go to. But West side story is that sort of last sweeping grand Broadway epic that like we missed for a long time. And frankly, we're, well, we were kind of missing until about the past five years. I think both of these are swinging to be as epic and as large as possible. But the characters in West Side Story, I think, are more surface level. And that's probably because it's coming from the source material it does. It's coming from a source material where it's not so much about the characters backstories but you know what they're monologuing their feelings at that moment and those characters in west side story are shallower too because they're teenagers and teenagers just suck so much i'm sorry teenage listeners but you don't know it now listen to me when you if you listen to this again in 10 years you're gonna know you suck so much right now <laughs> and you know, the teenagers in, in Les Mis suck too, but they die, so I don't have to worry about that. So I'm going to vote wow. for Les Mis. I guess Marius gets Le- out. Les Mis gets the vote. I did not 
know where that was going to go. Uh, next vote is going to Nikki. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't been a huge um, campaigner for West Side Story this whole time. I'm pretty sure I voted against it twice. And but I think Stephen said it great. I think it is a great historical representation of its time. Uh, it it does hold up well. I mean, they just did the the new version, the new updated movie. I didn't see the film, but I mean, it got critical acclaim, and you know, I think it was nice probably to bring that story back to a fresh audience. Um, so I'm excited that it still kind of exists in this kind of pop culture world because um, West Side Story does. I mean, I gosh, what it was some movie or something? I don't even remember what movie, but it was like they were reading Shakespeare, and the teacher just showed them the movie West Side Story because she didn't want to do the uh, the whole Shakespeare thing. So I, I think it is a classic, and it's um, it has some great songs. Now, I mean, for me, Les Mis. It is, it is. It's just kind of this epic, and it is It is an 80s representation for sure, but I do think it holds up quite well. I still think it is kind of a modern feel to it, um, even, and it's, you know, such a, just a denser story. I care about the characters, and West Side Story, yeah, the, the characters are kind of hard to care completely about because, yeah, they're teenagers, like Stephen said, and they only care about themselves. <laughs> um, now Les Mis has a few characters that are probably pretty self-absorbed too but overall I think Les Mis is the better show so my vote goes to Les Mis Les Mis is moving on but I want to hear from everybody that includes Leah so I did see the updated version of West Side Story um, and I came out of it really not liking the Jets and really not liking the Sharks you know what I was on uh, Team Girl for that, uh, for the for the new movie, I mean, Anita and Maria were everything. They were they they carried that movie. I feel like on their backs. Um, but it is interesting to see how different takes make you feel different things. You know, like you, you might see a stage version, and you may, for some reason, the way it's it's shown relate to to one group versus the other, or. Something like that. Um, I do think West Side Story does do a good job because even when I saw West Side Story on stage most recently, which was still probably like the late 2000s, um, I remember thinking like, wow, it just really sucks to be both of these groups right now. Like y you you wanted to root for everybody. Now, as an adult, I don't want to root for any of them um, except for the girls. But I was like, get away from these boys. These boys are bad news. You guys could do so much better. Um, but... When I watched Les Mis, which I first saw when I was 14 on stage, not knowing anything about it except for on my own, and that's only because Joey Potter from Dawson's Creek sang it in the, th in the, um, in the uh, pageant that she had to do in season one of Dawson's Creek. That's the only reason I knew anything about Les Mis going into it. From the moment I first saw that movie and heard or that show on stage, and I heard the music, and I saw the passion in the characters of what they were going through. I really rooted for all of them, and that includes Javert, who we, you know, I guess could be painted as the villain, quote-unquote, in the show. But I never saw him as the villain. I feel like Les Mis does a great job at showing you all the different points of view. Now, you could um, argue that the innkeeper and his wife probably are not good people to root for. Um, but they they acted upon what 
was given to them in their situation and they were going to capitalize on it to, to benefit themselves. So you could really justify any of the, the bad actions in Les Mis because that's what they were having to deal with in that time. I feel like it's so full of passion, so full of uh, depth that there's no way that I can vote anything so far uh, in the side of the bracket over Lamez. So I'm voting for Lamez. Lamez has the sweep. It's moving on to the championship game. And now that West Side Story is out, I can point out a fun fact. In the most recent version of West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg version, Anita is played by Ariana Dubose. For those that don't know that name, not only was she nominated for the Oscar, she was in the ensemble, the OBC ensemble for Hamilton. She is one of the onstage dancers. She's the one that uh, gives uh, uh, King, George. King George the letters to rip up and dance around with. So she got her start, not her start, but her first big real break in Hamilton, OBC. So that's kind of cool. And she won the Oscar. Yeah, she did win the Oscar. <laughs> You're right. That's like the first like uh, LGBTQ plus Latina um Winner too. It's actually, I, I liked her performance. I was not a huge fan of that movie, but we're moving on. We've got to choose our other championship. We've got the producers against Hamilton. And we're starting this one off with Nikki. Um, yeah, I mean, again, just putting putting stuff against Hamilton, they're just so different, um, different musicals. Because it was like Hamilton versus Book of Mormon, and then now Hamilton versus producers. Kind of a similar, kind of comedic feel um i think both shows are really represented by their cast um like they're you know kind of the original broadway hamilton um you know you know all the actors and you love listening to the originals i mean the producers anybody can kind of play the characters but i feel like there is something to be said about like the original dynamic duo of you know nathan lane and matthew broderick um, so I, I like, I mean, so it's, it is kind of cool that both of those kind of have these iconic cast, um, members, uh, the producers, I feel like is a nice representation of a Broadway show. I mean, if you're thinking of a quintessential Broadway show, I mean, it is a show about making a Broadway show. I mean, so it is all about New York and Broadway and all the nuances and, you know, the comedy. But, I mean, it is about, you know, this making of a Broadway show and, and what goes with it. Um, and it's really hilarious. I love the producers. I laugh at all. I laugh at it all the time when, I, when I've seen it on stage. And I use, I've listened to the soundtrack before just to, to listen to it and have fun. Uh, I mean, I don't think it beats Hamilton. It's kind of like we've, we've had all these really heavy hitters in the one, two seeds, but when it comes down to it, I think Hamilton has a little bit more to offer as far as the overall story. It's a little more complex. Um, while the producers is a lot of fun and I do think it represents Broadway and it's kind of a classic. I think overall Hamilton is just, it's a denser musical. So I think, I think I'm going to give this one to Hamilton, but, um, yeah, I always, I'm always like trying to find more arguments with why I didn't vote for the one. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> you know? I'm like, I'm trying. I mean, we. I mean, you know, the producers is wonderful, but no, it doesn't beat Hamilton. Sorry, uh, Nikki. If it makes you feel any better, there wasn't another thing on this on this bracket next to in the Heights that was similar to Hamilton. So that comparison is going to go on if Hamilton does. We're bringing the next pick over to Leah. 
Yeah, it's no contest for me. I've not liked the producers, and I think I've made my feelings of it abundantly clear, and I've made my feelings of my uh, love and admiration and passion for Hamilton uh, pretty much ever since we started talking about Hamilton, I could talk about it more. I, I'm wearing a Hamilton t-shirt right now. Um, I'm, I'm all, all in on Hamilton and I am not in at all, not even putting a toe in the water for uh, the producers. So gotta go for Hamilton. Hamilton's got another vote. Uh, Steven, do we have a sweep? Yeah, we got a sweep. Uh, you know, it, it's Hamilton. The producer's, the problem with the producers ultimately is is two things. Uh, one, it's a comedy, and like I said, once you know the jokes, it's less funny. So if you put that soundtrack on repeat, the second listen through is not going to be as good. Where with this Hamilton, when you put that second repeat on, you're going to notice things like, oh, isn't it interesting that you know Hamilton's kid never counts to ten when he's doing the count off, or you know he says, "I'm never going to throw my way a shot." How does he die? He throws away a shot to use the obvious one. Um, but also because it's a drama and dramas, I feel get deeper and comedies get shallower as you re-listen. Uh, the other problem with the producers has is that there are long stretches where the songs aren't showing up and it's never as fun when the songs are going on. Uh, there are still some good jokes in there, but when we're, I'm sitting around waiting for the music to start, and that's never a case in Hamilton. In Hamilton, I'm just trying to catch my breath. Hamilton gets my vote. Hamilton's into the final game. Hamilton and Les Mis, I, I kind of had a feeling when we started this bracket that it might end up here. Two one seeds, two juggernauts. Oh, Lord. Uh, I believe this is down to Leah to start. Is that right? Oh, my gosh. Wait, I have to start the final? Eek. Leah, Sorry, Leah, the one seed from the left side of the bracket, Les Mis, the one seed from the right side of the bracket, Hamilton, good luck making this decision. Lock in your vote. So when I created this bracket back in December, that was like six months ago and I did this, I actually did a mock. Uh, you know, I, I, I made my picks the entire way through of who I thought should be in the finals. It came down to Les Mis and Hamilton in my finals. So uh, my final four was not correct. Because uh, actually, fun fact, I had Wicked in the final four, even though I voted against it now. But um, everything else was in the final four of my original bracket in December. So coming down to these two, I will not be upset at all of which one of these uh, is eliminated and which one wins. Because both of these shows... They're the one seats. They're at the top of my list always. Um, they're similar in the way that they're both obviously dramas. They tackle a lot of serious issues. Um, obviously, Hamilton has more comedy in it than Les Mis, which I don't can't think of anything that's really funny in Les Mis unless you're watching the movie and you're watching Russell Crowe fall to his death. Um, but I guess that's that's why I like these. I I'm I'm not as into the comedies when I go to see a show. I want to see the drama. I want to feel things. I want to have my heart ripped out of my chest because I'm so like moved with what's going on around me. And both of these shows do that for me in, in different ways. Steven brought up a point in the last round that um, one of the faults of the producers is that there's stretches of time where there's not a lot of music. And so, you know, you kind of, you know, space out a little bit. 
In Hamilton, there is very little times when there is no music or singing. And the one time that's coming to my head that I can think about, that's not... I didn't know it was coming because I had only watched, or I'd only listened to the soundtrack, and then I went and saw it on stage. And it's a quick scene. It's probably a minute long. Um, it ripped out my heart. And I didn't see it coming because it's not featured in the songs at all. And that is one of the, that's the only part of the show that I can remember off the top of my head that's not on the soundtrack. And Hamilton just does such a great job in everything that it does. I, can, I honestly can't think of any flaws. My flaws that I'm thinking of Les Mis are the characters. I don't care about Marius. I don't care about his love story. Um, I feel like there's a, a couple songs in Les Mis that are not as crucial. Um, ones that don't, don't hit home as much. Everything in Hamilton is a home run. Every single song. And when you watch it on stage, you see how this, they use the stage and the lighting and the setup and the choreography to help tell their story. So it makes it a very, very tight, complete show. Um, like I said, I can't think of any, any flaws in Hamilton. I can think of things I don't like about Les Mis. So for that, I'm, I'm gonna have to go Hamilton, even though it's the predictable choice. But Les Mis, I love you. I will cherish you forever. Um, so I guess with that, I will just have to say, it's 1800, ladies. Tell your voters to vote for Burr or Hamilton or Les Mis. It doesn't really matter. I just want to add that in there because that's a little song in Hamilton that doesn't get enough love. And I love the election of 1800. So there you go. Hamilton's got to vote. Steven, you're up. So when I think about Les Mis, uh, one of the things that always comes to my mind very quickly is the song Stars. One, because it is my favorite song from that play. And two, because it will be in a different place in every single official recording of Les Mis. Whether you have the original West End, the original Broadway, that concert version they did in the O2, they keep moving the song Stars around. It's just a very big song. Sometimes it's in a different act. Sometimes it's the first, second, last. Sometimes it's as soon as Javert escapes. Sometimes it's right when he finds Javert again, or like he thinks he recognizes him in the town. It moves around a lot, which is so weird that it has this big song that's well-respected and loved, and it doesn't have like a locked place in the play. And somehow... It works no matter where you put it. Because no matter where you put stars, it's going to have an emotional impact. It's just that strong an individual song. I'm trying to think if there's any piece of music in Hamilton that has that big an emotional impact where you could isolate it and in a vacuum just someone without any context could listen to it and get fully what that character is going through and what what they need. And like I tried, I thought maybe it was you'll never be satisfied, but does you'll never be satisfied work as good if you haven't heard the previous song, Hopeless? I mean, 
burn kind of works. I think burn's probably the one that comes the closest. You kind of you absolutely know what's going on there, but if you haven't heard about what a prolific writer he is and how he's used writing to get out of everything in his life, does that one hit as well? There's much. I think that when we're talking about two exemplary pieces of art, two just amazing musicals, I think the one that has the bigger emotional depth because the songs just by themselves are slightly better. Um, even though Hamilton is a more impressive feat that all those songs are there, individually, the music is slightly better for me and Les Mis. So I am going to have to cast my vote for Les Mis over Hamilton. It is somewhat fitting that this bracket would come down to a one-to-one tie. <laughs> and Nikki, the one of us that's actually been on stage and performed, is going to be the deciding vote. It's all up to you, Nikki. Who's our winner? I, you know, I mean, I knew it was going to come down to this matchup. I mean, I feel like we all knew it was going to come down to this matchup because they really two are are two of the greatest um, musicals. I actually, when I knew it was, might come down to this matchup, I texted one of my college roommates. Um, we did lots of theater together, and I asked her, you know, what would you pick? You know, and she was like. Oh, that's a tough one. But, you know, she said, you know, she would pick Hamilton because, you know, she felt it had a little bit more historical. Um, she just felt it was a little more better representation historically and liked all that. Um, but I was I was kind of surprised she she picked it because she's always loved Les Mis so much. But um, Hamilton is close to her heart now. Uh, so when I think of both these musicals, and I've seen them both, and I love both of them. And I've heard what Leah said and what Steven said. You know, I feel like, you know, Leah was saying too, like, I liked how, I do like how fast Hamilton is and how it's like you're almost trying to keep up with the show. And like, that's kind of the thing, like Hamilton's character in itself, um, trying to keep up with him. I will say, you know, I have, I listened to the soundtrack well before I saw it on stage. I had, you know, like my mother-in-law see it and a couple other people, they saw it on stage and they didn't walk out of it even really liking it because they were completely lost. They didn't, they didn't get it. It was too fast. So I, I do think that is a kind of a, it's a little bit difficult because if you haven't really sat and listened to it and you watch it on stage, are you going to miss all of that, that stuff? Cause you might, you might only be able to see it one time. You might not be able to get to listen to it and then seeing it on stage. Uh, Les Mis, you know, also, you know, if you listen to just, just the soundtrack, um, I do agree with Steven. I think overall, some of the songs are better just like, I guess, like on my own, like on my own, it's a standalone song. I mean, you don't really need, I mean, it can be in anything. I mean, it's, 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 it's good. Um, it's a classic song and like, I think everybody does it for an audition, at some point in their life. Um, if you've auditioned for any theater shows, you've sang, like I said, Joey Potter sang it in a pageant. Everybody sang on my own at some point. Um, or I dreamed a dream. Those are the two, two big ones. Um, and then I think of the, the recordings. I feel like if I'm going to sit and listen to each of the soundtracks, I kind of prefer to listen to Hamilton just because it is telling a story more than Les Mis is. Les Mis, the songs are standalone, but 
there's a really clear story in the Hamilton soundtrack to me if you're listening to it. Um, and you can catch different things in every time. One issue, though, that I have with Hamilton is it's kind of it's to its benefit and also to its detriment um, is the cast. The original cast recording is so good that when I saw it on stage, like not that the guy who played Burr was by any means terrible, but he did it so differently that it actually lost some of the emotional stuff that I felt the original Broadway recording brought to it. Mm. And overall, does Hamilton, will it hold up the way Les Mis is held up? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Uh, I think I'm just talking in circles. Um, okay. If I had to make the final decision, because I guess I am, yep. I think <laughs> I think I'm giving it to Les Mis. I, I think overall, it's the better musical I think Hamilton is a great, great musical, but I think Les Mis is more that exemplary Broadway style show. We're talking about best Broadway musical. It's the longest, one of the longest running shows. I feel like no matter what, you know, I feel like Hamilton, while it is great, it doesn't necessarily, like I said, the older generation, they'll watch it and they don't get it. Anybody can watch Les Mis, they get it and they love it. So I think overall it's just the better crowd pleaser. So I'm going to go with Les Mis. And with that, Les Mis is your champion. Hamilton had a really strong run all the way up to the final game. But Les Mis, one of the longest running shows of all time. It's been on the West End. It's been everywhere. And it's your champion here on Boozy Bracketology for the best Broadway musical of all time. As we all know, if we weren't looking just at Broadway, if we're going to go off-Broadway, Evil Dead the Musical would have given it a strong run, though. It really would have. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoy this bracket. We will see you next month. And next month, uh, Stephen and I, along with a few of our friends, are sitting down for the best game show bracket. It's a barn burner. Do not miss it. If you are enjoying what we do here, we mentioned it earlier, but patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B is your way to give back. Not just give back, get some stuff too. Bonus content from Boozy Bracketology and the Pub Trivia Experience right there on our Patreon. Feel free to come hang out with us on the lounge. Fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology on Facebook, come say hello. Tell us if, like Steven, you are upset that Rent beat Wicked, or if you're like me and you're upset that anything beat next to normal. With that being said, for Boozy Bracketology, I have been Chris. I've been Leah. I've been Steven. And I'm Nikki. We will see you next month. Have a good one.